Hey, this morning we have a great opportunity uh, because if you do not know uh, Pastor Joel Adiola, in just a moment, I'm going to introduce him to you. But for many of us, if you've been around longer than three years, you already know Pastor Joel and you love him and his family because Pastor Joel wasn't a pastor when he started out at Santa Maria Fourscore Church. Uh, in fact, he may share the story, but uh, he actually worked with Mel Ocampo in our facilities department, cleaning toilets, uh, vacuuming carpets, painting walls, doing all that. And then God opened up a door for him, and it, there was an invitation, hey, would you come and begin serving in our Spanish ministries at the Santa Maria Fourscore Church. And he said yes. And after that, man, the, like the rest is history. Uh, beautiful wife, Veronica. Uh, I think you're going to see some pictures in a few minutes. Um, uh, four beautiful children that were all born right here. Uh, well, not right here, but while, while they were serving at uh, the Santa Maria Fourscore Church. And then it was a few years ago that God began putting in their heart a vision that was larger than Santa Maria. Um, it was a vision for the world. It was a vision in particular for Mexico. And, uh, man, we were so honored three years ago to get to launch the Adiola family um, as four-score missionaries from us but to the world. And, uh, man, I'm so excited that Joel gets to come today. Come on, bro. And... Uh, not only bring a report, but bring a word to us. So, Joel, come on up, man. Would you welcome Pastor Joel Ariola? Yes. We're so proud of you, man. We love you. Amen. Thankful for you. And, uh, you know, I mean, you're, you cry. You're, 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 <laughs> your story really is a story that needs to be uh, replicated, you know, mm. just over and over and over again. You know, if we could just put you on a, on a copy machine. And just <laughs> copy paste. Uh, <laughs> like, you know, what does discipleship look like and what's yeah. the goal? Yeah. Because the goal is not for everybody to stay here. Come on. Amen. Right? Amen. The goal of a church is never to just, like, have more people come. Mm -hmm. It really has to do with, you know, how we can grow people and, uh, and then get to launch them into their calling. Some of the calling will be here, but some of the calling may take you all the way around the world. So, Amen. Amen. so man, would you tell us a little bit what's going on in Mexico and in Playa del Carmen? Well, I think we have some pictures. Do we? Okay, so, yeah. I thought we did. Yeah, so that's my family. So for those that don't know. Woo! Uh, I Viva, think Mexico! Yes, Viva Mexico! Viva Mexico! Uh, that's uh, Etni, you know, she's my 15-year-old. Uh, uh, Jesse, who's right next to him, he's at uh, 12. And then there's Mika, many of you guys know Mika, she's 7. And Eliana, who's 3. Uh, and my beautiful wife there, um, she's, uh, I, tell her, I tell everybody, as I went half Mexican, I'm Mexican-American, so if I would have gone full Mexican, I would have had 8 kids. I think that's probably what I would have done. <laughs> anyway, but I, I went easy. So anyway, no, that's my, and that's Mika learning the guitar. She's actually... Uh, uh, she loves the guitar. She, I think she took after her dad. I play the guitar as well, so she's there. I think we have another picture. This is our community group on Tuesday nights with uh, just a hand, well, handful of folks there just learning about Jesus growing. Yes. And then, you know, seeing what God's going to do. 
this is our MTI, which is our Ministry Training Institute. We have right now currently 14 students going through this. Talk about the purpose of a church is to raise up leaders and yeah. to send them out. And yeah. so I believe there's many church planners in that picture right there. We're using, yeah. And so that's uh, been amazing to see uh, how God is uh, using because, them. Because you pastor the only four-score church in the entire southern Mexico area, the, the whole three, Yucatan the Peninsula. The three-state, uh, yeah, peninsula, which is Campeche, uh, Yucatan, and Quintana Roo. So, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. not amazing? So the vision <clears throat> is to raise up leaders and to actually plant more churches within that whole region of southern yeah. Mexico. Yeah. And, and, these, and you're doing it. You're raising up leaders. And these guys are, yeah, go back really quick. Uh, and these guys are actually... Um, uh, just coming back already, they're learning how to pray for the sick, learning how to pray for, um, you know, share their testimony with other people. They're learning how to cast out demons. They're doing all this stuff. I mean, it's been, and so doing what Jesus did. And yeah. the, the cool thing is they're coming back. It's almost like the disciples are like, oh, my God. You know, it's like we uh, have uh, even the demons sub subject to us. I'm like, hey, don't get happy about that. Be happy that your, your name is written in the book of life. That's what you got to be happy right. about. So anyway, that's I just part it. of who we are. Uh, there's another uh, picture there. Uh, Eddie. Eddie is one of uh, our current members. He is from Indiana. He has a vision for this particular. Wait, wait. You're not the only American that's at, uh, at your church. Oh no, we have uh, Canadians, Americans, English people. I mean, from I mean, all over the world. And do you so. have some Mexicans too? And we have definitely Mexican and Mayans. Hey, as it well, sounds so. like our church. Yeah, there you it go. Sounds like our church. Very multicultural. Yes. Uh, yeah, there's so people. You're bilingual. Casa de Fe. We have an English service right now and a Spanish service as well, so it's bilingual. Yes, and, and it's, it's a lot like San Marino Foursquare. Very much like San Marino Foursquare. Yes, and uh, some people tell me, "Hey, how's Mexico?" I said, "Oh, Quintana Roo doesn't really feel like Mexico. It's very much, uh, it could be its own country almost because we have a melting pot of nations there. People from Russia, from Italy, from Germany, yeah. from France, from Spain. I mean, every, I mean, you, you." You're going down the aisle and you hear... And if you don't really know where Quintana Roo is, it's <clears throat> Cancun, right? It's, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, you fly into Cancun and you're pastoring just a half an hour south of there. So. Uh, yeah, it's about 45 minutes uh, to, uh, you know, again, depending on traffic. And yeah, right like now they're building the Mayan train. So once the Mayan train is built, that's why the traffic is so slow. The Mayan train is going to connect all the three states. So I'm like really stuck. So you can pray for us because you can already see what God can do. How God is going to be sure, spreading the gospel. Along, oh, come on. The, I'm just trying. That's what I'm excited that's about. Awesome. But people, uh, you know, see it as uh, tourism and all that stuff. I see it as church planning. So that's what I. So Eddie, going back to Eddie really quick. It's just he's got a, a vision for this particular barrio. It's a very um, uh, poor area of Playa del Carmen. And uh, he's, uh, you know, he said, hey, you know what? The Lord's put in my heart to build a soccer field. He doesn't know how to, you know, play soccer. He just felt that the Holy Spirit told him that that was part of what he needed to do. But uh, can you go to the next one? And I believe there's uh, Veronica and his wife. There, it's just in the middle of the jungle, literally. And so you're, uh, we're helping. Uh, Casa de Fe is also partnering with them to making sure that, you know, we have. Um, there's Veronica, you know, filling in some, some uh, nice. holes that were there. So that way... Um, we, this is the soccer field right here. Oh, it's not a soccer field now, but this will eventually be oh, a soccer so, field. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And so, uh, I think we can see the vision there. Yeah. And so, as well with some other uh, congregants from Casa de Fe, believe that God talk about mission objectives. 
next generation. I believe that God wants to reach our next generation. We're going to see tons of kids, you know, uh, learn about Jesus while they, get, you know, have some fun. And that's what uh, we feel that um, the Lord's going to be doing in this particular area. And there's a pastor there that God's connected us with that's ministering to that particular community, uh, which, again, I can share with you guys when I'm, I'm out there and stuff more about, about Pastor Julio. So you could be praying for him as well. People are going to be able to connect with you in the courtyard after, after service this morning. So. Yes. So, I mean, yeah. but I'm, I'm excited to see how many kids are going to come to Jesus, how many families are going to learn about God, and just uh, see God, you know, save that particular I love it. part of Blighted Carmen. Yeah. Well, we're going to pray for Pastor Joel and the Casa de Fe congregation, which is in Playa del Carmen, in Tantan Ru. Yeah. And, uh, and so we're going to pray for you at the end of service. Yeah. But, man, I know you've got a word for us. Yes. And uh, we're excited. Would you prepare your hearts? Uh, to hear yes. and to learn Amen. and to grow together in Jesus. We love you, bro. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor. Bring it. <clears throat> oh, man. Well, I got to tell you first, I'm super cold. I am like a freezing right now. Uh, so if you see me shaking, it's, uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm a little, it's not that I'm nervous. It's that I'm like literally cold, freezing. But yes, um, you know, Veronica and I, you know, stepped into a pastoral lead role this particular uh, year uh, after being there two years assisting uh, missionaries that uh, planted the only four-square church that is uh, in Quintana Roo. So um, it's been great. We have a great team of servant leaders at Casa de Fe right now. They're actually uh, taking care of the service, and they're actually praying for us right now. They're praying for you. And it's amazing to see how God just has us on mission together, church. You know, Veronica was at this discipleship leadership training with the National Church Office of Foursquare Mexico uh, just this last week. And, you know, it's part of her training so that way, our training, because I'm also a part of that, so we can mobilize the southern part of Mexico, planning churches, raising leaders, and uh, strengthening the work that God is doing, it, uh, you know, within the Foursquare movement in Mexico. So that's... Um, Again, I'm excited. And the kids are growing up really quick. I just wanted to give, give you a little update. The kids are growing up fast. And um, Grandma was, yes, you guys were probably wondering, like, where are your kids while you were here? And, you know, uh, Veronica was at this training. Grandma, uh, Veronica's mom, it's been great. They have been able to connect, and she was able to take care of the kids there. So, again, th thank you, Santa Maria Foursquare. Thank you for your support, for loving our family well, uh, for your prayers, for being on mission together. I mean, that's what I'm most excited about, you know, just despite everything that's going on. It's been crazy. It's been a crazy last year. So I know, I know that um, God is going to do some amazing things in the seasons ahead with Casa de Fe and Foursquare here at Santa Maria Foursquare Church. So, which leads me into uh, what I want to talk to you today. You know, have you ever been so... Again, uh, concentrated, you were talking about this. Sometimes we, we're so concentrated on just what's happening in San Maria. I didn't know, again, all the stuff that was going on in other parts of the world until, like Pastor Tim said, hey, we sent you out there. I was like, oh, man, I didn't know there's people from Russia in Mexico. I didn't know that, you know, people came, you know, from other countries to Mexico and live, actually. They have their homes in that particular part of Mexico. But sometimes we can lose our focus, you know, of where uh, we're going many times. Like, um, have you ever, you know, had this happen to you when you're walking and looking at your phone without looking up and then next you know you bump into something? Yes, does that happen to you? Yes. You know, I got woken up at 6.30 in the morning uh, uh, recently by the cutest kid ever. I mean, I got this, you know, we have a, a, a ring in front of the door of the church um, and I get notifications of when someone's ringing the doorbell. And uh, sure enough, uh, I want to show you a video of what happened. I don't know if we have that video available. This is 6.30 in the morning. 
Little girl saying, I'm going to ring the doorbell. This is what she says. You see what happened there? You know, mom's like, you know, just walking down the street. I'm thinking like, oh, my goodness. Um, and we had had some vandalism at the church, you know, recently. So I thought, oh, man, somebody's there, you know. And uh, I'm looking at this. I just chuckle. I'm like, oh, that's interesting to see how sometimes we could be so focused on what we're doing that we don't even look up, church. We don't even look up to see what God is doing. You know, she, she, she had, this little girl had warned her mom about what she was going to do. She told her, I'm going to ring the doorbell, mom. Mom's like, doesn't say anything. He's like, she said it twice. I think maybe because she knew what could happen. You know, just <laughs> saying. So she kept, she kept on. I'm like, hey, I warned you. You know, I warned you, mom. You know, just. But I wonder how many times Christ is talking to us about what he wants to do through us. And in our lives. You know, but we are like that lady, so focused in what we want to do. Looking at our toes, looking at our phones, we, we become so self-absorbed. So self, you know, uh, uh, just thinking about ourselves. And, you know, and in John chapter 4, there was a woman who had lost the vision, uh, you know, the ability to even respond to God in worship. However, let me tell you something, church. How many know that a conversation with Jesus will change your life and will rock you to your core? Yeah. Tell the person next to you, when was the last time you talked to Jesus? Come on. Come on, when was the last time you, talk, you talked to Jesus? You know, it, the conversations that we have with Jesus, that we are longing to have, you know, that Jesus wants to have with us, you know, are for that particular purpose so that he can rock our world, so that he can challenge us. You know, the, the, the disciples were so self-focused in their needs. In this particular chapter 4 of John, you know, they had gone and, you know, uh, to, to look for something to eat. How many of you guys have gone hangry at times. Yes, hangry. You guys are like, oh, man, I don't care where we go after church. Let's just go somewhere. That's, you know, sometimes we, that's exactly what was happening with the disciples. Disciples were like hungry, so Jesus sends them, you know, to go find something to eat. They were focused in their needs. Of course we all have to eat. They were so hungry that they had left, you know, to get something for Jesus. And when they come back and tell Jesus, hey, if he wants to eat, this is what he responds after he had this conversation with, you know, Samaritan women, you know, he says in John chapter 4, verse 34, it says, then Jesus explained, my nourishment comes from doing the will of, the, of God who sent me and from finishing his work. You know, you know the saying, four months between planting and harvest. But I say, wake up and look around. Tell the person next to you, wake up and look around. Come on. Wake up and look around. Yes, look around. The, the fields are already ripe for harvest. The fields are, I'm here to tell you, I'm coming from the future to tell you <laughs> that the fields are ripe. That, you know, that, that God is doing something today. That, you know, we have this, you know, that, you know, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That, that he hasn't changed, church. His mission hasn't changed. I wonder if his disciples got what, you know, Jesus was telling them. Hey, you're only going to be satisfied if you do the will of God. And I know we talked about being in the circle of the will of God. You know, again, this is, this is what God wants us to do. If you have been wondering what's going to happen in my life, when am I going to get a break? I'm going to tell you, start looking around. Start looking around. Start looking up. The nourishment you and I are looking for is not found in our opinions, church. Or who's right or who's wrong. But in doing the will of the Father. 
Which, you know, Jesus goes on to tell them, wake up. Don't slumber. Look around. Tell them, again, the person next to you, wake up. I mean, if he's like literally falling asleep, tell him, wake up. The fields are ripe. He's given us admission, church. But somehow, somewhere in all of this COVID mess, we lost our focus. I'm here to tell you, we, we have been blinded and so overwhelmed by the pain and the present circumstances that we have forgotten what his voice sounds like. We can't even hear him anymore sometimes. We can't even hear him anymore. We spend more time listening to the news than the time that we spend in prayer, than the time we spend listening to what he has to say to us. You know, since when did COVID become more important than spending time with Jesus? Come on. Since when did that happen? When was that? When, when did we lose and make the turn? Then responding to God with our time, with our resources, with our lives. With our lives to being obedient to his voice, to his leading. I'm here to tell you that the mission of God has not changed for our lives. We need to go from having tunnel vision to being on mission. Come on. We have to go from having tunnel vision to being on mission. When we have tunnel vision, we lose, again, if you're taking notes, we lose our focus. We lose our focus. You know, Peter had lost his focus when Jesus was crucified. And he for, forsake the mission for going back to what was familiar. How many of you guys have done that before? Hey, you know what? I, I'd rather go to what I already know because it's easier that way. Come on. It wasn't easy for Veronica and I to say, yes, Jesus. Yeah, send us to where it's, it's very hot and it's very humid. When, you, when I come here, I'm like, there's no humid. I need some moisturizer. Come on. You know, so I, something for my hands. John chapter 21 verse 4 says, At dawn Jesus was standing on the beach, but the disciples couldn't see who he was. Sometimes Jesus is standing right there, church, and we just can't see him. When, you're, when, when you and I get tunnel vision, you default to what you used to do and feel. But there's no nourishment. There's no satisfaction in that. Doing the will of the Father is our nourishment. That's when you feel satisfied. That's when you feel I'm doing what God has called me to do. Grumbling makes us lose our focus. Come on. Complaining makes us lose our focus. Pointing fingers to Others or to what others are doing or not doing makes us lose our focus. Remember, Pastor Tim mentioned that our heart goes in the direction of our eyes. Come on. And, and, and look at what Job said. You know, Job chapter 31, verse 7, it says, In my heart, if my heart has been led by my eyes or if my hands have been defiled, then may others eat what I have sown. And may my crops be uprooted. My heart has been led by my eyes. I'm here to tell you, what are you seeing, church? What are, what are you seeing? What are you not seeing? That we need to ask God, God, wake us up. It's easier to do what we're used to than to ask God what he wants us to begin doing. There's a, there's a, a girl in our church, amazing. She's 25 years old. Um, she's from Tijuana, Mexico. And she moved with her husband and her little boy to Quintana Roo, Playa del Carmen, and she wanted to go back to what she was used to because there was no jobs during the pandemic. 
It was very hard for this family. You know, he couldn't find a job, and, and she felt, you know, there was no security for them there in Playa del Carmen, and she was afraid that the resources would run out eventually. And until Jesus challenged her by saying, if, if you were living in Tijuana, would you leave to another place? That's where she's from. Would you run from where you are? And she said no and decided to stay and trust God. Listen to this, church. She decided to stay and trust God. She says, I don't want to run from where God's placed me. She began to feel a prompting in her heart about ministering to women and sharing how being a stay-at-home wife is spiritual. Come on. Come on. So she started a, a YouTube channel. And the message was going to be about decorating and, and how God loves it when, when we have our house organized. And, and to the glory of God. She started with, like, one subscriber, and she's like, hey, I started this YouTube channel. She had told me, you know, Pastor, what do you think? I'm like, man, you, you should do it. I mean, she wasn't asking for my permission. She was just saying, like, hey, you know, I've been feeling this in my heart to do. I'm like, pray about it. Ask God what he wants you to do. And if that's what he wants you to do, do it. You know, right now she has over 35,000 subscribers. <laughs> she's ministering to over 35,000 women, you know, young women and, and men because I'm one of her subscribers, you know. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I'm sure there's more than just one man, you know, there. But I, what I'm saying is, you know, she was willing to run. And now there's, there's companies that are sponsoring her, wanting her to do reviews on certain products and just get their, you know, products out there. And I, I, let me tell you, church, this is, this, the fields are ripe. There's so many. I'm, I'm thinking like, wow, I'm so stoked for them. You know, he eventually found a job, a stable job. Now they have. And so they didn't run. They trusted. They decided to trust God. When we have tunnel vision, we can't trust God. We trust ourselves. When we have tunnel vision, we let fear in. And let me tell you, that fear will determine, will begin to determine your outcome. Fear will rob you from God's blessing. Come on. Fear will rob you from God's blessing. Fear stops you from moving forward. Again, fear stops you from moving forward. Fear is the complete opposite of faith. It brings anxiety. It brings doubt. And it will make you believe that your circumstance is greater than the God you serve. That's exactly what fear will do. You know, fear makes you focus on yourself, you, your strength, and, and doesn't allow room for anyone else but yourself. Have you ever seen someone being rescued from water? What, is the, what do the rescuers do? They wait till that person, if he's drowning, they wait till he stops moving, right? Because fear, anxiety will only make you think of yourself because that will eventually, could potentially drown both of them. Come on. They have to wait. They're like, hey, I can't do anything until you stop. And, and this is, let me tell you, did, did you know that, what other, that others are impacted by how you respond to your circumstance? Others are impacted by how you respond to your circumstance. It was in his presence that Peter was reassured. That it was in God's presence. It was in Jesus' presence that Peter is being reassured. It is in his presence that his fears begin to, to, to fade. It is in his presence that his purpose began to uh, come back and focus. And uh, let me tell you, that is in his presence where my purpose and my focus begin to shift. If, if I, I spend time in his presence and I spend time in prayer and I spend time in listening to what Jesus says, let me tell you that that's when your focus, your purpose begins to shift and change. You see, when, when Peter saw and heard that it was the Lord Jesus, he jumped out of the boat and went after him, sought after him. He was all in, apparently. Come on. 
apparently, because he, he, you know, he, had just, he had denied Jesus. So he had to demonstrate somehow that, hey, I was all in. I'm all in, Jesus. How many of you guys know that Jesus isn't interested in what you do for him as much as he is how much you spend time with him? It's in his being. Of course, we do things out of response to what he's done in our lives. It's just natural. But he wants to spend time with you, church. We need to lift up our eyes to the fields because they're ripe. This young 25-year-old is ministering to over 35,000 ladies. I'm thinking like, wow, they're not coming to Casa de Fe. Come on. But they're from all over Mexico. And I'm like, wow, it's amazing. They're hearing the gospel of Jesus because she surrendered her fears at the feet of Jesus and said, do you want me to do this, Lord? Is this what you want me to do? When was the last time we asked God for direction? When was the last time we said, God, is this what you want me to do? Because we could be caught up in doing things for Jesus, but not necessarily that's exactly what he wants you to be doing. But when we surrender our fears and we say, God, this is, this is, I'm all in. God, this is for you. God, would you just show me what you want me to do? Let me tell you, that's when we begin to lift our eyes and we begin to see the harvest. Yeah. And we begin to see what God is doing. You know, he, we, have, we are in a place where for us to go from having tunnel vision to being on mission will only happen when we seek after him, church. When we jump off the boat and declare, I'm all in. When, when, when was the last time you had lunch with Jesus? When was the last time you said, Jesus, we're coming to lunch. We're, we're going to have lunch. We're going to have breakfast. We're going we're gonna to do this together. We're going to have dinner. When was the last time? You know, Peter has this amazing conversation with Jesus by the shore, and he invites Peter to, to find his purpose in him. We will never find our purpose in our opinions, church. We will never find our purpose on our thoughts and what we think is best. We need to find our purpose in his truth. And Jesus asked Peter three times. He asked him, do you love me? How many of you guys wonder sometimes, why was he asking him three times? Why did he question his sincerity? <laughs> I mean, Jesus knows everything, right? He's omniscient. I mean, he knows it all. I believe Jesus needed to make sure that Peter was all in. <laughs> you know, his sincerity was being questioned because he had done things to make others wonder if Peter truly was a devoted follower of Christ. I believe many... Many of us can potentially be singing, yes, Lord, you can have it all. You can have it all, Lord. But can't even leave the comfort of their couch. There's nothing wrong with being on the couch for those that are watching us online. <laughs> but... When Jesus is asking you to leave your couch, will you do it? Will you do it? Do you love me? He asked Peter. Then feed my lambs. Take care of me. Take care of my sheep. Feed my sheep. I love that Peter was grieved by Jesus. Oh, man, when was the last time you were grieved by Jesus when he asked you to do something? You know, sometimes we talk about grieving the Holy Spirit. But Peter was grieved by Jesus. 
It is in surrender when we say yes to Jesus. When we say yes to God, you can have it all. We're saying, and that's when Peter said, you know all things, Jesus. I can't fool you. We can put up a front here at church. But he knows your thoughts. He knows your heart. He knows every part of you. But when you say, Lord, you know all things. I can't fool you. I can't lie to you. That's when we find our purpose. It is in being real with Jesus that we find ourselves on mission again. It's when we say, God, I'm done lying. I'm done trying to front, trying to put up a front, trying to act like we're all good. (laughs) But when Peter gets this mission of feeding and taking care of, you know, Jesus' sheep, it's like, God, what do you want us to do? Church, let me tell you that this is something that both of us, Santa Maria Foursquare and Casa de Fe, was, was, we were able to see this during the pandemic. We fed over 75, there was over 75,000 meals given out. Over 1,500 families blessed. Dozens and dozens of people coming to Jesus. And that's why we partnered together. To keep reaching and harvesting. They may not come <laughs> to Santa Maria Foursquare. They may not come to Casa de Fe. But some of us still met, some of them had to leave the, the state in Quintana Roo and still follow us online and say, hey, I wish I was there. I'm watching guys online. Pray for me for this. Pray for me for that. And let me tell you, that's exactly what Jesus is calling us to do, to be on mission. Jesus was not surprised by the dumb decisions that Peter was making or had made. Nor was he surprised by his opinions or by the dumb decisions he would make in the future. All he wanted to know is if he loved them. Church, all Jesus wants to know is if you love him. Let me ask you this. Tell the person next to you, do you love Jesus? Ask him, do you love him? You know, it's do you love him? Because if, if you love him, he knows that you will do what he has called you to do. Because it is in his love that fear begins to fade and faith begins to rise. It is in his love that fear begins to fade and faith begins to rise. It was in his presence that Peter was reassured. Let me tell you, sometimes we're, we, we won't be reassured by watching CNN or Fox News. We won't be reassured by listening to Sean Hannity or, you know, or any of those other folks. But you're going to be reassured in his presence. You're going to be reassured while you listen to what he's wanting you to do. And it is in his presence that my fears are gone. Matthew chapter 16 Verse 24 through 26 says this. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if any of you wants to be my follower, what what do you have to do? You must give up. Tell the person next to you, give up your own way. Come on. Come on. Give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, listen listen to this, church. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what you do, what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? Is there anything worth more than, than the people that are around you? Come on. It's about God and it's about his mission that is his people. The people that are around you. It's about the fields that are ripe. Let us pray in this hour. Let us pray to the Lord of the harvest. Lift your eyes and see what God is doing, what he's doing in your neighborhood, here in Santa Maria, and in the world. What is God doing in the world? What is God doing here? 
What's God doing with your next door neighbor? Because it is in his loving presence that fear begins to fade and fears begin to fade and faith begin to rise. When you spend time in his presence, you, you find this boldness you won't find anywhere else. Come on. When you're in his presence, you'll, you'll, you'll begin to do things and say things. And you're like, man, where did that come from? Have you ever been there? Like, man. And then the people would be like, man, dude, what happened to you? I didn't know you had all that in you. Pastor Tim was like, dude, bro, you got to cut your message, man. There's a lot in there. I'm like, I know I've been in his presence, Pastor Tim. You don't know. There's a lot coming out of me. There's a lot of stuff I want to share with you guys. Not because he doesn't want me to tell you about these things. He's just saying, we have a time span right now, you know. I'll tell you that when you're with Jesus, he will begin to tell you things in which will throw you off a little or a lot. Like moving to another country. You will be challenged to live differently, to love differently, to set aside your preference for the benefit of the other. That's what Jesus will challenge you. How will you choose to live, church? This is what he told Peter after having lunch. John chapter 21, verse 18 says, I tell you the truth, when you were young, you were able to do as you liked. You dressed yourself and went whenever you wanted to go, wherever you wanted to go. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and others will dress you and take you where you don't want to go. Jesus said this to let him know by what kind of death he would glorify God. Then Jesus told him. Jesus is telling us, is calling us to follow him. This conversation wasn't probably easy for Peter. What do you mean? I'm going to, this is what's going to happen to me? <laughs> he already knew the end. So anything in between, in between was inconsequential. It didn't matter. This is, I'm going to live my life for Christ. This is what's going to happen. And let me tell you, if, if Christ is asking us to do something, will you live to glorify him in all that we do? When we follow Jesus, things don't always go the way we expected them to. How many of you guys already noticed? Yeah. Yes? Yeah. Things don't always go the way you planned them. Yeah? Because you have a plan and Jesus says, no, nope, that's not the one I like. <laughs> However, when did the mission of Jesus become about us? When did the mission of Jesus become about me? Peter was probably like, okay, cool. I love what you just told me, but in verse 21, he asked Jesus, you know, and again, we lose our focus. Tell the person next to you, focus. Daniel's son, you know. <laughs> focus. Verse 21, he says, what about him, Lord? <laughs> I know you were you already, I know what you told me, but I see John over there. What is he doing? How's he going to die? <laughs> right? What, what, what did Jesus answer? What is it to you? What is it to you? We, we lose our focus. We want to know what others are doing when Jesus told you specifically what he's going to do through you in your life. Tell the person next to you, it's not about you. It's about the mission. Come on. It's not about you. It's about the mission. This is how we know we're on mission. When we're responding to Jesus, when it doesn't make sense, that's how you know you're on mission. Come on. Yes? 
Would that help us a little bit? When you know it doesn't make sense, they're like, okay, it's probably Jesus. Just saying. It's probably Jesus. When it doesn't make sense, they're like, okay, I've been here before. You know, the challenges that I'm facing are serving to put others first before me, you know, than my own. So, again, this is, this is how you know it's Jesus when he's telling you to do something for other people. Not just yourself. When I'm being a witness to others regardless of the circumstance or my preference. That's how you know you're on mission. When you're being a witness of what God has done in your life. When we're on mission, your circumstance doesn't matter because you know who is with you. You know, Peter goes on to, to witness in Acts chapter 2. You know, delivering one, what would be one of the most famous chapters of the Bible in affirming Peter's calling where we see more than 3,000 people get saved in one day. I mean, talk about man saving, uh, you know, talk about souls being saved. That was one of the that was amazing. That's, that's awesome to see. Like, hey, God didn't call you to see what others are doing. He called you to be a witness of what he's doing in your life. When was the last time he did something in you and through you? Think about that for just a minute. You know, focus. You know, Elijah, there were more, you know, when Elijah was with his servant, you know, uh, his servant was all afraid. Remember that? You know, some of you guys, well, if you don't, let me tell you, that Elijah, a prophet in the Old Testament, you know, he had a servant. And the servant was like, oh, there's just an army in front of us. What are we going to do? Elijah was like, dude, bro, chill, man, relax. That's what my kids always tell me. Relax, dad, relax. Yeah. And then he tells them, hey, there's more there with us than those who are against us. Lord, would you, would you just, just open up his eyes? Can you open his eyes so that he could see? It's not about him. It's about what God's about to do. Come on. See, Elijah wasn't phased by anything because he had been in his presence. Mm. He had been in God's presence. And when you're in God's presence, let me tell you, an army can be against you. And you'd be like, so? Who cares? Come on. You know, because fears begin to fade and faith begin to rise. Then when his eyes were open, he's like, oh, well, come on, bring it on. What other army is there, you know? That's what, that's what happens when you spend time in God's presence. You know, that's exactly what happens. Don't forget who is the one who's asking you to follow him, church. Let me tell you, I'm here to tell you that no disease, no virus, nothing else is more powerful than the name of Jesus. Than Jesus, our Lord. He is Lord of all. There's, again, God has called us to remember who he is. If we remember who he is, we'll be responding to him accordingly in worship. After Jesus has his talk with Peter about when he gets older and he, what he will do, you know, Jesus tells him to... To go, and then he, we, we see in Acts chapter one, verse eight, says he replied, "The Father alone has the authority to set dates and times, because this is this is a, a result of again people wanting to know the times. They had lost the focus. They wanted to know about the kingdom. Is Jesus here to overthrow the Roman Empire, or what?" What's going on? Okay, Jesus, I know you, you, you're, you're about to go to heaven. I know you, you said you just resurrected. But, hey, so what's going to happen with the Romans? And that's when he says the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times. And they are not for you to know. 
Oh, that's powerful. But you will, but, but this is what I love. It says, but you will receive power. Tell the person next to you, you will receive power. That's what you got to focus on. You will receive power for your purpose. What's your purpose? That you would be, it says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. You're going to be my fact checkers. No, you're not. You're going to be witnesses, again, telling people about who? About Jesus. When's the last time we talked about Jesus to somebody? When was the last time you told somebody about what God is doing in your life, in your family? When was the last time? Tell us, Lord, the time. When is, when is this going to be over? When is this going to be done? I'm done with all this stuff. I don't know. Do I wear a mask? I, you know, again, come in. Do I fist bump? Do I hug? What do we do? We sometimes don't know what to do, but God is saying, hey, remember, don't forget. Don't lose focus. With or without a mask, you can still witness. Come on. You can still witness. You can tell somebody what Jesus is doing in your life. Come on. Somebody say amen here. Come on. Yes. Amen. Yes. God is not limited. He just wants you to be a witness. He wants you to tell somebody about the power that is within you. The power of the Holy Spirit. Peter wanted to know, when will this kingdom be overthrown? Remember, we were talking about tertiary things. Come on. Remember that message? Tertiary. Yeah. Hey. But you will receive power, primary. To be witness, primary. To be on mission. Those are the primary things. That's what we got to focus. You know, when we sometimes get it wrong, we do dumb things like wanting to know things that don't pertain to the mission. Come on. And if Jesus was warning us to not do that, it's because it would cause us to lose focus. We would lose focus. Of the mission. Be a witness. You know, church, you may be afraid. You may be worried. But we have never seen a better time than this for the church to lift their eyes to the harvest. Remember that your heart goes in the direction of your eyes. If you need to refocus, you need to recalibrate. If you've lost your sense of mission and purpose like Peter did and want to jump out of the boat, today is your day. Today is your day. Today is the day that you can do that. You can say, God, I've lost my focus. I believe God is calling some folks here to go all in. Yes, go all in. Like move to Playa del Carmen. (laughs) Just throwing it out there. I don't know. God speak to some of them, many of them. But just like Peter, it will not be gradually, but it will be all in. Just put on his coat. Hey, I'm out. I'm going to the master. I'm going with Jesus. I'm going to be with Jesus. God may be calling you to the field. If that's so, would you just pray? Would you just pray? It all begins in prayer. It took us two years before we were sent out. Remember, I told Tim. I came back from Mexico. I said, hey, I don't know what this means. I'm not quitting. But I'm just telling you, God just told me that my mission field was in Mexico. He said, all right, we'll pray about it. Two years later, We find ourselves in Mexico. Never in my life did I believe that I would be living in Mexico. Never. But there's not a better thing to do than to live your life for the mission of Jesus. It doesn't matter where you are. God needs people here in San Maria. Like Pastor Tim said, some of you guys are going to stay. But are you being a witness to somebody here? If you're not, refocus. 
set your eyes on Jesus and lift your eyes to the harvest. Say, here, Jesus, I'm, I'm all in. I'm here for you. What do you want to do in my life? Would you pray that God would stir something in your life that doesn't make sense? That's how you know you're on mission. It doesn't make sense. Why? God may just be affirming what he already placed in your heart today for some of you. Some of you guys saying, hey, you know what? I know God's calling me. Would you resource the kingdom? Would you give? And say, yes, Lord, I'm going to partner with what God is doing here in my church, here in this region, in Santa Maria, but also the world. There's, there's, there's a global <laughs> family. There's people that are on mission together. We're on mission together. We're saying, God's so cool. Now I understand why Pastor Tim would have me preach in English when I would tell him, I don't want to. Yes, I would tell him that at times. Yeah, I didn't want to preach. I'm like, I'm nervous. But when did the mission become about you? And now I know there's many that are receiving. Right now, I, another thing really quick, side note. There's so many immigrants in our state of Quintana Roo that have, people have been asking me, can you be my witness, Pastor? Because they need to sign a form to get their resident card. I've gone to many of these appointments with them. You know, some of them are from Canada, another from Guatemala, from different places of the world. And I'm like, yes, I'll be your witness. Come on. Jesus wants us to be his witness. And then lastly, you're here and you're saying, hey, I already do these things. Pray, I already give. It's amazing. Maybe God's calling you to go. Maybe God's telling you, you know, it's time to go. Yeah, I know. Maybe you guys are like, yeah, apply to Carmen. Let's go. Yeah. I'll be there for three years. It's a, it's a different story. <laughs> but I'm not here to tell you about, you know, the things, the challenges and stuff. I'm here to tell you, be on mission. It'll be challenging. But no, nothing that Jesus ever asked you to do is ever easy. But he promised that it's burning his light. Yoga is easy. That's easy. I know that you're with me, Jesus. You sang it today. You're with me. Thank you, Jesus. So today, can I pray for you, church? Yes? I'd love to pray. Would you stand with me today? If you've been feeling like you've lost your sense of purpose, you've gone to what was familiar, you've gone back to what you used to do, but you feel like there isn't a satisfaction, there's not that nourishment that Jesus could give you, if that's you today, I want to pray for you today because I believe God's going to begin to stir something in your life. He's going to plant something in your heart. And you're going to begin to feel an urge to do and be a witness to somebody. But Lord, today I pray for this wonderful church. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would pour out your spirit today. Lord, that you would pour out your spirit upon all flesh today, young and old, young and old, Lord, would you meet them right where they are? Would you remind them of your purpose? Would you remind them of what you have called them to, Lord? And Lord, that if there's any fear, any anxiety, 
Lord, anything that they would hear, Lord, would you shut the, the, the mouths of, of those lions, Lord, that want to remind or want to intimidate, Lord, uh, Lord, with the, your truth. Lord, today I pray that you would bring about a change, that you would bring about, Lord, a birthing of something new in their hearts, in their spirit, in their soul, that they would not be able to contain it. And just like the Samaritan woman, Lord, that they would go into all the city, Lord, and they would tell everyone and anyone, Lord, about what you had done in their lives and God, that many would be saved and that many would say, who is this Jesus? Talk to us more about this God that just told you all these things. And Lord, that they would see a great harvest today. Lord, I pray for a great harvest of souls. Lord, that this would be a new season in Santa Maria Foursquare Church, Lord. That Lord, beside, or Lord, on top of all the challenges and all those things, Lord, that that would not be what they would focus on, but that they would focus that their fields are ripe, Lord. Fields are ripe, Lord. Today, would you do that in their lives? And anyone who is feeling, Lord, fearful, would you bring peace? Would you bring peace in their hearts? In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. You know, it's like every single one of us can become trapped in that tunnel vision. You know, Kelly and I just some weeks ago were back east, and back east, it seems like they have, they have more tunnels uh, than they do out on the west coast. I mean, you can get in some long tunnels, yeah. and all you're seeing is just dark, 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 except this, you know, you just see this one little hole, you know, way far away. And all of us can do that. We just get trapped in our own, like what you were talking about, our own fears, our own perspective all those sort of things. And we forget, man, there is a huge world out there. Yeah. Yeah. Huge world. Because we, we can get so focused, we don't even remember our neighbor. Yeah, yeah. Or our global neighbors. Our global neighbors, yes. People all around, the billions of people around the world. And so thank you for helping us to remember to blow up the tunnels. Yes. Come on. Yes. And, uh, and to see Jesus. I love that. Amen. And to see what, what God is doing. Amen. Um, I'm going to pray for, uh, for Joel. Yeah. Um, but really, we're praying for him. And this is something that uh, Kelly and I are committed to doing. We pray for Joel Amen. and Veronica and their family and their church family. I invite you to not only pray in this moment, but to pray for the Adiola family and for the Casa de Fe Church in Mexico and what God is uh, doing in them and through them. And, you know, I was reminded uh, as I was listening to, you know, I joked right before Joel began, you know, if like we could only put him on a copy machine, right? And, uh, you know, and just make more of guys like this. But truly, yeah. you know, God allows us to replicate who we are. Come on. Um, we see that in our own homes. We see that with our children. Uh, we, we, may, we may want them to be something different, but you know what? They're going to be a whole lot like us. You know, we say the apple don't fall too far from the tree. Amen. Right? Our kids are a lot like us because we replicate who we are. Mm. But here's the deal. In Casa de Fe and in your ministry, I believe you are going to be replicating who you are. Mm are. And you are someone who is passionate for the things of Jesus, passionate for the presence of Jesus, 
And so now, Lord, we pray that God, that the very thing, Lord, that Joel went to Mexico to do, and that was to make disciples who will become leaders, who will become witnesses. Lord, we pray for the replication, Lord, of the Adiola family, Lord, in and through their church and in and through that region. Lord, would you bring, Lord, people to them, Lord, who are ready for that replication process. Lord, that you would replicate over and over and over again. Lord, that people's hearts and minds would be quickened to you. And Lord, they would open their eyes. They would wake up and see the world and to understand their mission and their calling in Jesus' name. Lord, we pray, Father, for the Audiolas. We pray for the Casa de Fe Church. God, house of faith. Yes. God, would you raise up people of faith in Jesus' name. Lord, not only faith for their their own situation, but Lord, faith for what you would do through them in the world. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We love you, Lord. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you again, bro, for being part of us sent out. Uh, to Mexico. I'm going to give Joel just a second before we do kind of a general dismissal because you're going to go out in the courtyard and I think you're already set up there on the right hand side of the courtyard when people uh, take off because I want you to be able to to, uh, connect with Joel personally. Um, if you'd like to get involved, um, oh, go ahead, go ahead, yeah. go. Um, if you want to, if you want to get on their mailing list, he does a great, just an update, a kind of like a, a report of what's going on each month, photos, current things that are going on in Mexico. There's going to be um, an opportunity for you to sign up to be part of that. Also, if you have gone onto our uh, church giving page, just sm4.org/giving. That's where we uh, contribute, and you can do that online. It just tells you exactly how you can give online. Right there, you're going to see that you can give toward what God is doing in Mexico. Because that is one of the things that we are committed to as a church family is not only supporting the work of the Santa Maria Fourscore Church, but supporting the work of the Audiolas and what they're doing on mission for Jesus in Mexico. And so pray about that. Pray about not only giving here, but giving to the work of our missionaries in uh, in Mexico. So get more information. Meet up with Joel. He may even have a t-shirt for you. Join Team Adiola. It'd be a good thing. God bless you guys. And if you have needs, if you have things you want prayed for in your own life, make sure you hit up our prayer team at the altar before you leave. Church family, we love you. We'll see you next Sunday.